Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the Anne Marie podcast. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, I highly recommend that either after this episode or even if you want to pause now and go and listen to episodes two and three, two being two main religions and three being the lie of neutrality, I would highly recommend that. And the reason why I always recommend this is because they lay a lot of groundwork for the episodes that follow. For this episode, as I have a busy October trying to figure out other things, I don't want to give too much personal information away on this podcast. Uh, Just I have other things that I need to work on right now. So I'm taking a step back, but this is a topic that I thought I should probably get this out late October at some point. However, I don't, I've been hesitant because I don't believe I have a ton of evidence on this particular topic that I'm going to talk about. Well, one part of the particular topic that I'm going to talk about. With this coming out towards the end of October, this episode will be more specifically along the lines of those who proclaim to be Christians taking occult practices lightly. I think that's the best way to describe the overall content in this episode. With this being hopefully released towards the end of October, you probably know that I will be giving some thoughts on should Christians celebrate Halloween? Should Christians participate in Halloween? My thoughts on the topic, I want to lay out my thoughts. They don't have to be every single Christian's thoughts, though I do believe what I'm going to say is using wisdom and discernment, which I'll be honest, I see a lack of wisdom and discernment used in leadership within the church. And consequently, It's not being used among many people who proclaim to be Christians. At least from my perspective, I could be wrong. However, as I have been reading through the Old Testament, I have officially read through Genesis through Zechariah. I just had Malachi to finish in the next couple days. Then I will have officially read through the Old Testament. Now, that doesn't mean I understand the Old Testament, every single word of it, but I've at least read through the pages. As I have been in my reading, it has brought to my attention this overall topic about Christians taking the occult lightly. And they will talk about some things. The NAR movement is... Another area in which I'm seeing a little bit of a lack of concern coming from the church and from many proclaiming Christians on this area, or in this area, I should say. There's a lot to do, so let's get into this episode. My specific thoughts on should Christians celebrate Halloween, although maybe I should start with the question, Can Christians celebrate Halloween? Which I believe there is a difference in asking, can 
they celebrate Halloween and should they celebrate Halloween. Now, in my opinion, when you're asking, can Christians celebrate Halloween? There's a sense of how far is too far. Or in the case of Halloween, it's how do you partake in the festivities and not technically partake in the occult surrounding a lot of them. In other words, kind of what I said earlier, how far is too far? How close can we get to that line without actually getting to the line? Which I believe is the wrong question to be asking in this scenario. I think it's should Christians celebrate or participate in Halloween? I have listened to different YouTubers with different insight on this topic. I will say I tend to fall in the camp that says no, Christians should not celebrate or participate in Halloween. While I have heard conflicting reports of like what activities are part of the occult and what are not part of the occult, what's just silly for these people to be talking about and what this person said about the occult has no merit. Honestly, I don't know what's right and what's wrong. I don't really trust the internet to lead me to the truth. To be honest, um, there's a part of me that can see a lot of the people behind the scenes in the media and big tech wanting to make practices in the occult seem harmless and oh you can be a Christian and participate in this that's partially why I don't trust the internet with this information that being said I do believe that scripture gives a lot of warnings on Christians partaking in the occult as I have said before I have been reading through the Old Testament and this seems to be a theme as we cycle through the Israelites they get caught deep into sin deep into sin and we see part of that being a result of adopting pagan practices I'm going to read some verses from Leviticus Deuteronomy and first and second chronicles that I believe prove this point to be true starting in Leviticus 19 verse 31 do not turn to mediums or spiritists do not seek them out to be defiled by them I am the Lord your God I'm going to read into verse 32 here you shall stand up in the presence of the gray-headed and honor elders and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. I'm going to fast forward to chapter 20, verse 6 in Leviticus. As for the person who turns to mediums and to spiritists to play the prostitute with them, I will also set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. Verse 7. You shall consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord 
your God. And I'm going to read verse 8 here. So you shall keep my statutes and practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. I'm going to read that again. There are some very important words in here. So you shall keep my, capital M, statutes. Remember, this is the Lord speaking to Israel. And practice them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Now let's fast forward to Deuteronomy 18 verses 10 through 13. Here we go. Deuteronomy 18 starting in verse 10. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. One who uses divination, a soothsayer, one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who consults the dead. For whomever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God is going to drive them out before you. You are to be blameless before the Lord your God. Let me keep going on to verse 14. For these nations, which you are going to dispossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. And then I'm going to fast forward to First Chronicles here. First Chronicles 10 verse 13. So Saul died for his unfaithfulness which he committed against the Lord because of the word of the Lord, which he did not keep. And also because he asked counsel of a medium, making inquiry of her. Verse 14, and did not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, he killed him and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. I'm going to read more in 2 Chronicles here. Now, if you actually start from Genesis and read through the Old Testament, you will see that there is a repetition of this command. Specifically in 2 Chronicles, there is a repetition of some of this, I don't want to say this other language, but there is repetition of these other points that coincide with the point I'm trying to make here. Second Chronicles 14, 2 through 5 and verse 11. Verse number 2. And Asa did what was good and right in the sight of the Lord his God. For he removed the foreign altars and high places, tore down the memorial stones, cut down the asherim, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to comply with the law and the commandment. Verse 5. He also removed the high places in the instance altars from all the cities of Judah, and the kingdom was undisturbed under him. Verse 11. Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one beside you to help me in the battle between the powerful and those who have no strength. 
Help us, Lord, our God, for we trust in you and in your name have come against this multitude. Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. I'll admit verse 11 is kind of on a little bit more of a rabbit trail of what we're talking about here, but especially in 2 Chronicles, and I think 1 Chronicles does this a little bit too. There's a repetition with the kings saying, who tore down the high places and the foreign altars and the foreign gods and who didn't? There were plenty of kings that, yeah, they did seek the Lord, but they didn't always tear down the high places. They didn't always tear down the ashram. And this was back and forth between the kings that we read about in First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles. Those are highly underrated books, and I would definitely recommend reading those books of the Old Testament. Likewise, if we turn into our New Testament, we'll see some other spots where Christians are called not to give in to the pagan practices of their day. Let's start in Galatians 5, 19 through 21a. I am actually going to start reading at, mm, you know what, let's start at verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Verse 17. For the desires of the flesh is against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. Verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, let's reread that again. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you. Just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then it goes into the fruits of the spirit from there. Two things listed in 20, idolatry and witchcraft, are ones that you could associate with the occult. Now, of course, idolatry can be associated with other things too, but it is very easy for us in our human flesh to slip into the occult and that becomes an idol. And as I've been reading my Old Testament, it's evident that 
God knows the human heart better than ironically as humans do. And that isn't really so ironic because God created humans and he knows us inside and out. What's kind of sad but ironic at the same time is as humans think we know our hearts and think that certain things won't affect us. But as I've been studying the Old Testament, it's become evident the Lord puts a lot of guardrails because he knows the human heart and he knows the frailty of the human heart, the frailty that gives in to sin, the frailty that makes it hard to fight against the will of the flesh. That's not something that just goes away once you accept the Lord as your savior and submit to him, you still struggle with the flesh. You still struggle with the desires of the flesh, even as you're trying to walk with the Lord. Let's read some other passages here. Let's go to, or rather, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 through verse 10. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Let me read that part again. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor those habitually drunk, nor verbal abusers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, this is verse 11, such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Now, I will admit this one does not specifically have a lot that exclusively talks about the occult, but in reading of the Old Testament I do believe you could make a case that when they're talking about idolaters and adulterers, those are people who have turned away from the Lord and have pursued earthly pursuits, pagan pursuits, and those would include pursuits in the occult. Let's actually read Colossians 3, 5 and see what the NASB has to say in that one. This will be the last scripture that I go to. Sorry if you can hear the pages turning. All right. Go eat popcorn. Colossians 3, 5. Therefore, treat the parts of your earthly body as dead to sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Let's read on in verse 6. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. And I'm going to read verse 7 and verse 8. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also rid yourselves of all of them. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene speech from your mouth. Actually, let's Read verses 9 through 11 as well. Do not lie to one another since he stripped off the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed 
to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created it, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Now I'll admit some of those verses in the New Testament don't directly talk about this, but I know the first one in Galatians brought this one up. The fact that we see this implied in both the Old and the New Testament means it still applies morally to us today as Christians. If we're striving to follow God and live out a biblical worldview, it's one thing to understand what a biblical worldview is. It's another to apply that biblical worldview, to see the world through the lens of that biblical worldview, to try to think through that lens of that biblical worldview. Does that mean that all of us who proclaim to be Christians, all of us who are striving to be obedient to God, are ever going to have a perfect biblical worldview? No, it doesn't. But I do believe there is a difference between people who you can tell they want to learn more and more about what a biblical worldview is and they are wanting to desperately apply that to their lives. It doesn't mean they're perfect at it. It doesn't mean that they won't have to repent of sins that we've made, but it does mean that there should be a process of sanctification where we are renewing our mind. We are realizing maybe I shouldn't be involved in this we are realizing, oh, I didn't know that was part of the occult. Maybe I should stop participating in this. I know one reference that I have heard in defense of not celebrating Halloween is that we do not want to partner in the deeds of darkness. I think it's one thing for us to be blind to what is and is not a deed of darkness. It's another thing to have the veil's torn and to see what is darkness and to still participate in it and justify it. Going back to the Old Testament, we actually see later in the Pentateuch about in, I want to say it's Exodus, maybe Leviticus, and then I think in parts of Numbers and maybe Deuteronomy, and even on into Joshua, the Lord is foreshadowing that he knows his people are going to turn away from him because the Lord knows the human heart. The Lord knows all of human history before it has all happened. But as I've been reading the Old Testament, it's just dawned on me, you know, the Lord knows our human heart. He knows the human heart is prone to evil. It's prone to wickedness. He knows what doors open that to the human heart and the human mind. What I hear about the occult practices of Halloween, whether it be carving jack-o'-lanterns, passing out candy men, wearing costumes, the things about the skeletons and all the decorations that celebrate death, the practices associated with yoga, especially in yoga classes, and even practices that are associated with the NAR movement, which I do want to speak more of on this podcast once I can get solid episodes. 
written out for you guys here. Those all have occult practices tied to them. And what I hear, well, I'll just give an example. I hate always having to put out names there, but I'm not going to put out a name. I'm just going to say there is a channel of Christian YouTubers, and I will say they are Christians because there's a lot of stuff that this is the only hint you're getting this husband and wife talk about that I do agree with. However, when it comes to the topics of Halloween, yoga, should we be singing Bethel or Hillsong music in churches? I'll be honest, I'm a bit disappointed by what these people have to say. They almost seem to be in a roundabout way justifying it, even though they clearly know, if you listen to them, they clearly know that we're not supposed to be participating in deeds of darkness. I think they clearly know we're not supposed to be participating in deeds of the occult. Yet, when it comes to the question of, should we do jack-o'-lanterns? Should Christian parents dress their kids up and let them go trick-or-treating and pass out candy? There almost seems to be this scoffing at Christians who maybe have a weaker conscience, if you want to put it that way, who don't think it's right. Especially if it's a Christian who was once a part of the occult, once a part of the Church of Satan, and is turned away from all that, and are trying to tell you know the Christians who are involved in some of this stuff. And I don't think that they're always involved in it knowingly, or I don't like using the word innocently, because I think some of them know but they will justify by saying we need to be a light to the world. True. It's the intent of the heart. That, that I'll be honest, that excuse kind of bugs me because it's always, to me, that's kind of like saying, well, they had good intentions, so we should listen to them, right? Or we should play the grace card with them. There's a saying that goes that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Again, that saying is the road to hell is paved with good intentions. That is very important to note when people may, and honestly, they may have good intentions. But the Bible calls us to be in the world, but not of the world. And especially when it comes to the topic of Halloween, I can't help but thinking, You know, if we're not participating in the decorating, not participating in the dress up, not participating in passing out the candy, we are showing an example to the world of what it means to be in the light, to be walking in the light and not in the darkness on Halloween day. An alternative that I would suggest for Christians like myself who feel very strongly we shouldn't be a part of this or at least feel that uh, we should maybe hold off unless we feel the spirit letting us know certain things are okay for us to do. We should probably hold off and not involve ourselves in there. My suggestion is why not do a hymn sing in a time of prayer on October 31st instead of participating in passing out candy, putting kids in costumes, and everything else that happens on Halloween. That would be something different than what our culture or the world is doing on that day. That would be something that stands out and would actually give us, possibly, a way to 
as people say, evangelize or spread the good news when people ask, well, why don't you participate in this? Just be honest and say, well, personally, in my personal beliefs, this is not good and the book God I follow tells me not to do this. So I don't do this. Instead, I do this on this day to keep on the straight and narrow, to glorify the God that I serve. If we're not following the world's patterns, we are setting ourselves apart. And the Bible does tell us to expect the world to hate us. At the same time, there may be some people who see how you live on October 31st and see something different. And that would provide you an opportunity to give them the good news. It may not necessarily be on October 31st, but if they're observing how you're living your life, how you're conducting yourself, they might start asking questions and it might give an opportunity to share the gospel and at the very least share why you don't participate in these traditions. One last note on the occult and occult practices. Personally, I don't understand why a lot of professing Christians seem just very blind to this issue. I don't understand it. As I said, when I'm reading through the scripture, God warns his people over and over and over again about getting involved in this type of stuff. And yet we see, if you read through the Old Testament, this is why I highly recommend reading through the Old Testament. You see that pattern of they get involved in this and it turns their hearts and mind away from the Lord God. It doesn't turn them towards them. It turns them away from God because As I've said before, God knows the human heart better than, guess what, humans do. But here's the thing, as we read in Genesis 3, we think we know better than God. We act as if we know better than God because our human nature, our flesh, wants to be God. If we're following God, we should be trying to pursue what God wants us to pursue. God wants us to pursue what's holy, what's righteous in his sight, and he wants us to bring glory to him. I would just ask, how is participating in these things that are tied to the occult, how is that glorifying God? How is participating in these yoga classes, how is that glorifying God? With the NAR movement, I just wonder, How is singing this music, Hillsong, Bethel, Gateway, Elevation, how is singing their music when it has a lot of roots in theology that brings the cult practices into the so-called church? How is that glorifying to God? Is that true worship? Is that truly worshiping the God of the Bible or is it worshiping a different God? I'll be honest, it seems like even some very conservative-leaning Christian YouTubers are taking the occult, occult practices very, very lightly in this sense, justifying doing them instead of saying, well, okay, I've heard different ways, different versions, and while yet the internet is not the most reliable source, if you're finding maybe 
equal amounts of people saying, well, this is tied to an occult. No, it isn't. This person never said that. Is it giving you a little sense to pause and say, whoa, 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 whoa. I think I need to go do some more research and go to the Lord in prayer on this. I'll be honest, that seems like a lost art in the walk of Christians today. I know this is a very heavy episode. What I desire for those of you listening is to really think and pray about this. Go to scripture. You can do research, but I would definitely think and pray about this. Go to scripture and just ask the Lord for discernment and understanding in this area. Ask him if there are things you need to maybe let go of in this area. I know there are probably, there could be things that I'm wrong on. Do I believe that I'm wrong on them? No, but there might be some things that I'm wrong on. I could be wrong on some of the things that are associated with the practices of the occult, but then maybe again, I'm not. If you're listening to this, please read your Bible and talk to God and ask for discernment and wisdom in this area. I believe that if you ask for discernment and wisdom, if you read his word, he will reveal you use some discernment and wisdom on this topic. As I said before, I would challenge you to read through the Old Testament from Genesis all the way through Malachi. You'll hear these patterns in these books that I'm talking about. I'm just asking you not to ride what I'm saying off without going to the source, without going to the Lord, without going to the Bible, and really digging deep into it, wanting the Lord to reveal what is true and what is right in his sight. That is all for today's episode. You can also follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Chromecast Player, as well as on our website, podcasters.spotify.com pod show slash an dash m dash riddle. Again, That is podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash an dash m dash riddle. I hope that this episode has encouraged you in getting into prayer and getting into the word and really thinking about what is a biblical worldview and how do we live that out as Christians as you go throughout the rest of your day.